live to tape. Welcome to Millennial Season 3, Episode 29. I'm Andrew. I'm Elisa. And I'm Laura. Matt, by the way, will be back next week. There's been much... Many people have been wondering, where is Matt? Well, he's in the future. See him <laughs> next week here on Millennial. Many people are 29 asking. 29 divided by 3 does not check out, by the way, so I will not be solving that <laughs> equation. But we have another riddle going on this week. And by the way, we're going to talk about North Korea. And this may be our final episode ever. So be sure to support us on Patreon before it's too late. <laughs> um, especially if you're on the West Coast. Because if you're dead, you can't cancel your credit card. And then we're making that Patreon money for a long time. But anyway, um, we have this friend who did the weirdest freaking thing. And now we're not going to share their name. Um... I mean, she's kind of an ex-friend, and we've all been keeping tabs on her. We met her through the Harry Potter <laughs> fandom. What else? That sounds so creepy. Where else? <laughs> and so we found out recently that she uh, entered a new relationship, and they've been together for about a month or two now. Not and even. Not even. Okay, even shorter. And she goes off because she's in the army. She goes off to Qatar. Stationed there now. Boyfriend stays here. But these two are in love. And now we don't, we don't know this section where, how they decide to do this. But she starts hinting on Facebook that they're going to get married. And we're like, the fuck? They only, you know, they just started dating uh, like uh, you know two hours ago why are they why are they already thinking of um getting married and by the way i don't think i told you guys this my sister is friends with her too on facebook oh really she noticed this so even people outside of the fandom are observing what is going on and it's like what the fuck is going on here it's not just us we're not crazy she is but anyway she decides to get married to this guy and okay, you know, whatever. But here's the craziest part. They post photos of the marriage on Instagram. He's still in America. She's still in guitar. They got married over FaceTime. Apple FaceTime. And the photos are ridiculous because she's standing there <laughs> at the ceremony. And who's standing in front of her? A guy holding up an iPhone covering his face. <laughs> so it was, it was, so she, she's in Qatar and her, her husband, like you said, is in America and her husband got a mutual friend to stand in front of him and hold up like a tablet up in front of his face. And so Not it was a tablet. It was a phone. It was a phone. Yeah, it was like a, it was a little big phone, and, and, and got and held up in front of his face. So it's actually like, it's actually like two friends, two bros, two military bros standing at this fake altar in the middle of a desert, holding up an iPhone, and like two seconds later, there's a marriage certificate. That I mean, that in and of itself is like a little bizarre. But you know what? They're in the military. I understand sometimes deployments happen. You can't control them. Um, that is the, actually the least surprising part to me. If you told me that they got married over FaceTime, but they've been together for like three years, um, right. I, I would be like, okay, you know, whatever. I get that. Like I said, military deployments. That's not what happened. The crazy part is that, and this is where I think it's important to understand the timeline, actually. She posted right before she left for Qatar. It figures I'm living in Texas for like three years and I don't have a boyfriend throughout any of that time until the day before I leave. They had only right. been dating like a week or two weeks before she left and they didn't make it yeah. official until the day before her flight. 
and now they're married two weeks later. What I want to know is, um, during the ceremony, did they, like, kiss the phones in front of them? Yes. <laughs> Nuh-uh. Yes. Oh, my God. Really? I did, I, is there a photo of this? There's not a photo of that, but she, she commented on someone else's comment. That, oh, my God. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, I hope it was her phone, at least. Phones, by the way, are, like, dirtier than I toilet know. seats and bathrooms. So, we just all were in shock, uh, the three of us, and I have a separate friend group who knows, they were all in shock too. It's just great. Oh, you shit, just said her name. name. Okay, I'll just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy, giving Laura some editing work already. Oh, um, I'm just going to bleep it out. It's funny. Yeah, just bleep it out. Yeah. <laughs> But we just can't believe that Redacted would do such a thing, so... I mean, uh, do but- we really not believe that, though? She... <laughs> listen, I'm not I'm not trying to throw shade here, but she did some real... Yes, you cra- are. Yeah, I am. This, this person did a lot of crazy stuff over the mm-hmm. years. Yeah. This is not surprising. She, she just doesn't... She's never... She's never really been the most well-adjusted... Of mm-hmm. the old Harry Potter gang, you know, right? Uh, she's right. always been very nice to me. I don't want. To, I'm not saying that there's, some, you know, she's some bad person or anything. No, um, by any means, she's been super. Every interaction I've had with her has been very nice, but every interaction I've had with her has also been very concerning. There's <laughs> been there's been lots of times where I've been worried for her. Her health and uh, <laughs> yeah. life choices. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, we thought we would share that with everybody because that's just good story. And it's a very millennial thing to do: get married over Facetime. That's true. Is I almost, though? I was tempted, I was tempted to submit this anonymous, anonymously to BuzzFeed. I feel like BuzzFeed would like to write about this story. <laughs> Dude, submit it. They might pay you for the tip. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, do they do that? I don't know. That'd be be cool. worth finding out. So, we're going to start today with um, an extended edition of the confessional. And this is the North Korea is about to kill us edition. So, as everybody knows, there's been a lot of um, interesting news going on concerning North Korea and Trump starting to butt heads. And in light of this, we thought. Maybe listeners want to get some certain things, and maybe us. Maybe we all need to get some things off of our chests, because people are really worried right now. They're worried that North Korea might send some nukes over here, or we might strike back. You know, it could be a whole World War Three going on. So we thought maybe now, just in case, just in case, we should all come clean. And we got some really great confessions. <laughs> These yeah, are really did. fun to read. In the context of we're all about to die. <laughs> I also <laughs> want to like... say um, uh, there were several people who took this as get something off your chest about the hosts of this show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. We'll be reading some of those as well. But um, first, let's talk about how we got here. So earlier this week, the Washington Post reported that U.S. analysts believe that north korea is now making missile ready nuclear weapons meaning they could send nukes over on missiles pretty bad so the next day this may have been the same day a reporter asked donald trump at this little meeting he was having about the opioid crisis um about this story and donald trump said off the cuff best not make any more threats to the United States, they will be met with fire and fury like the world has never seen. He has been very threatening uh, beyond a normal statement. And as I said, they will be met with fire, fury, and frankly, power, the likes of which this world has never seen before. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and then after that, the White House it took them a day, but the White House released a statement acknowledging that those remarks were off the cuff and unscripted. So this was certainly not 
policy that was set in advance by anyone. It was just President Trump speaking off the cuff and lashing out and and really heightening the situation uh, further by fire yeah. and fury. Like, let's like one second though. Let's talk about I will bring the fire and the fury. What is this fucking Avatar? Like, what does he think he's? <laughs> who does he think he's fighting here? The Fire Nation? I don't understand. Like, this is some apocalyptic language, the likes of which, you know, like high fantasy has have never been seen. He thinks ha- that have he never has been the war. seen. He thinks he has dragons. Next thing you know, yeah. he's going to be running around the White House going, Dracaris. <laughs> Bend the knee. <laughs> <laughs> so, as Elisa is saying, these were very shocking comments and everybody sor- starts freaking out because we know, we know that North Korea is looking for a fight. Hours later, North Korea says they want to bomb Guam. Which I think is... If not, if not the, it's certainly one of the closest U.S. territories to North Korea. So in theory, it's one of the easier ones mm-hmm. for them to hit. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So, like Elisa said, the White House downplayed Trump's words, but you know, North Korea made that threat. And then on Wednesday, August 9th, North Korea's military called Trump's threats a quote, load of nonsense and says, quote, only absolute force, end quote, can work on Trump. North Korea also said they will, quote, complete their plan to attack waters near Guam by mid-August, then wait for commander-in-chief's order, referring to Kim Jong-un. So, first question before we get to these confessions, should this genuinely scare everyone? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. And, and, and... I, I do think that some of it is a little overhyped because uh, uh, a lot of a lot of this our intelligence agencies and our military has known for a long time. So the fact that North Korea has finally miniaturized a nuclear warhead successfully is a very big deal, and we, the public, are just now finding out about it now. So I understand why there's this panic and terror, but. Um, the report also said that like Washington Post also reported that our intelligence agencies have known this for many months going back to about the time the election was happening. Um, so it's not brand new information for them. And they seem to be saying, listen, we're not super worried. This is definitely a crisis we, with which we need to contend. But the likelihood of North Korea bombing the United States uh, first is almost zero to none because they know that if they do that, they lose their only two allies in the, on the planet, China and Russia, and will be nuked off the face of the earth. Um, right now, the fact that they're holding back is the only reason that they have food and clean water. You know, China and Russia mm. give them all of this food and all of this assistance. If they were to bomb or nuke the United States or anything else for that matter, they would lose everything and would be wiped off the face of the planet. So, and and they know that. Um, yeah. They're crazy, but they're not stupid. And let me be clear here. When I say that we should be afraid, I mean we should be afraid of Trump. Because I agree. Everything right. that Elisa just said is spot on. Um, Trump is a fucking loose cannon. And all it would take is for him to go online. And see somebody post on Twitter that they saw a North Korean standing outside their window. And he'd be like, all right, nuclear option, let's go. Like, this guy is just completely unhinged, and there's no telling what he's going to do. Yeah. Trump has also said that one of his red lines would be these threats. Mm -hmm. And they're getting very specific now with this Guam one. So it'll be interesting to see what they do next, because they also don't want to be all talk. No, and you can't, and the idea of having, first of all, it should be noted that the use of the term red line is, uh, intelligence agency, is intelligence agency terminology. It really means something. It's not just, you know, a phrase for the public use. It actually means something policy wise. And traditionally, historically, it means if 
country X does this thing, country Y will do this thing in response. And that is the set policy. And you kind of have to follow through with it. Um, and, and so for Trump to say that his red line is, is threats from North Korea is a really just disturbing development because we've never had a red line that was verbal in nature. Red, red lines mm-hmm. in the past, for example, President Obama had a red line in Syria. His red line was if, uh, if, if, Assad and the Syrian regime uses chemical weapons. That was his red line. He would send in troops and he would retaliate if chemical weapons were used in Syria. And that's pretty traditional and pretty on par. But now Trump's saying, my red line is just words. All you have to do is say something and I'm going to freak out. That's, that is concerning. And that speaks to Laura's point that Trump is a loose cannon, does not understand the words that he's using. He doesn't get that these words mean things in the intelligence community. And we should be afraid of his ignorance and lack of experience more than anything North Korea would do. Yeah, I will say, I think this is a shitty situation for Guam um, because you're <laughs> you're looking at at this island of people who are basically subjugated by the U.S. government, right? Like they're, you know... They're subject to a lot of our laws and our taxes, and yet they're not citizens. And they're just sitting there with a bullseye on their head, just like with a fucking yeah. target over them. And they're like, we didn't ask for this. <laughs> we didn't even vote for it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and poor them. It's not like they can hop in a car and like drive away. <laughs> you got to fly out of there. <laughs> um. So and I wanted, let's I get, wanted to, I'm sorry, I wanted to add quickly that when we talk about bombing North Korea, I think a lot of people forget that there are more than just Kim Jong-un and his administration mm-hmm. there. Um, I think that sometimes a lot of folks feel comforted or secure in the knowledge, like, hey, you know, we've got a pretty good weapon system. Like, if they attempted to even fuck with us, we could wipe them off. We could turn them into a parking lot tomorrow. Technically, yes, you're right. That's true. But that really shouldn't give you comfort or security. And we shouldn't be relying on that from a foreign policy perspective because there are tens of hundreds, tens of millions of innocent people, including, by the way, North Korean citizens who didn't ask for any of this shit. Uh, South Korea, uh, Japan, China. If we were to drop a nuclear bomb, they would all experience fallout and would destroy our relationships over there. But just as importantly, or if not more so, we have 29,000 American troops in South Korea. 29,000 American citizens on that peninsula right now, um, keeping peace and working at military stations. If we were to bomb them we would be accepting the deaths of that potentially up to that many americans that would be huge that's never happened before so don't just sit back and think oh well you know we'll just bomb them and that'll show them yeah that at what cost though yeah yeah and these are things that trump doesn't consider when he spouts these comments about the likes of which have never been seen. Right. So let's move on to these confessionals. I mean, it does seem like we are all going to die. Mm-hmm. We have just been told that we should all take this very seriously. Do you two? I have something, but I'm going to piggyback off of one of the confessionals we got because I actually am in a very similar situation. Do you two have anything you would like to share right now? I do. What? Oh, um, okay. I have two things that I need to get off my chest. The first one is that I think John Green is overrated. <laughs> oh, God. And I've never voiced this aloud because um, whatever the fuck the nerd fighters, I think that's what they are. Uh, they're, they're, like, they're like a swarm. I'm just afraid of being swarmed on social media, but I guess it won't matter soon. The, the other thing is 
And uh, my boyfriend listens to the show, so I fully expect to take garbage for this the next time I see him. But uh, when we were first dating, uh, I was over at his house, and I accidentally broke his toilet seat. <laughs> it was uh, it was it was one of those kind of cheap plywood toilet seats, um, and mm-hmm. it was old, and there was. Like a weird, there was like a bead underneath the seat, like a on the porcelain, but like beneath the seat. And when I sat on it, it was just like the pressure of my fat ass sitting on it, combined with that bead being underneath that just like kind of cracked it. <laughs> and uh, I, I was mortified, of course, because I'm like, I've only been dating this guy for a few weeks now, you know. We're not like we don't know so- each other super well, so I, I walk. <laughs> I walked out and I was like, hey, um, I noticed that your toilet seat is broken. <laughs> and I I forgot about it. But now recently I feel bad about it because I know he went out and bought a new one. And I'm like, oh, I'm an asshole. So that's funny. Sorry, babe. So, OK, so he doesn't know, but he, he will, will know now. Will know. OK, yeah. <laughs> I like how he's a listener of the show. That's good. Yeah. Hey, Mark. Listens religiously. It's kind of intimidating. My confession in this hour of darkness is I I agree with I agree with conservatives. I think that increasingly liberals are snowflakes. Sorry. I oh, think that's true. Interesting. I I agree with liberals on 9 out of 10 issues. I think that uh policy-wise we're right. I think the Republican Party is just um, have lost all sense of principles and uh, moral compass um, under the Trump administration. That being said, I think that uh, a lot of Democrats and especially the liberal liberals do not know how to uh, how 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 to listen or hear opinions that dis- that aren't their own. I think that I think that they demand too much of society and can be very pretentious, very snowflakey. Um, the whole idea of like, having safe spaces on like college campuses. No, I think that's, I, I don't get it now. Say uh, like a safe space in your private home or, or whatever. Yeah. A plus. I agree that like they're healthy and, and they're good and that they're needed but I don't think that's necessarily the world's job to give that to you. Deal with it. Okay. That's what kind of safe spaces, though? I mean, uh, how about like an LGBT safe space? Like, what I are mean, you talking about? When you I say guess it safe depends space? on what. I guess it depends on how, uh, what we're. Yeah, I guess it depends on how we're defining safe space. But for example, um, uh, my my brother's college. My brother goes to school. They tried to, well, they did implement safe spaces in classrooms where in the classroom, if you're about to state an opinion that might even potentially offend another student, you have to say it up front and give students the opportunity to leave the room before you say your piece. Mm, um, yeah, that- and, and that has nothing to do with, that's not issue specific. If you were to say to me, like, hey, we're going to have a club on campus, like LGBTQ rights, and this is a safe space for LGBTQ people, yes, A+, plus, that is great. But in a mixed classroom with lots of people from lots of different backgrounds where it's not a, you know, geared towards one ideology or thought, that's not realistic. It's not realistic. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I got you. I wanted to push back a little bit because I thought... We'd uh, get some more confessions calling you an asshole for oh, that. Oh, I'm sure we will. I mean, because we've had this discussion before. I mean, remember when we uh, we talked a couple of years ago on the show about trigger warnings and Elisa mm-hmm. and myself came out pretty strongly against uh, mandatory trigger warnings. Although I feel if somebody feels so inclined as to wanting to offer a trigger warning, that's fine. Um, but that mm-hmm. absolutely requiring that everybody everywhere all the time includes trigger warnings, I personally find ridiculous. And we got a lot of 
feedback <laughs> about that. And I mean, there was there was a lot of it that I thought made valid points, even though I disagree. So mm-hmm. yeah, there will be pushback. <laughs> I uh, let's let's get through some of these. Uh, mm-hmm. bleh, let me try that again. Let's get through some of these confessions now. We asked people to submit short ones so we could go through as many as possible. And uh, plus, we don't have much time is left before the nukes start flying over here. So here we go. I'm a 24-year-old virgin, and I've never been kissed. I don't know how to make it happen for me. I wanted to read that one up front, because we got a bunch of them, a bunch of similar ones like that. And uh, my advice to you is go out to the bar and just <laughs> start making eyes at people. <laughs> we should start a millennial dating service for listeners of the show. Yeah. yeah. Well, people should just go in the Facebook group be like, hey, this is me. You interested? (laughs) (laughs) Simple enough, right? (laughs) Okay. Game of Thrones is overhyped. There. I said it. That's fair. (laughs) I think that's fair. I love Game of Thrones, but I think it is kind of overhyped. Especially now. Writing now kind of sucks. Um, This one. I cheated on my last boyfriend with my current partner. And I have lied to literally everyone we know about how we got together since I can't really say, oh, yeah, we hung out and fucked one night while I was dating X. Never cheated before. <laughs> never want to again. So this person's still That's feeling guilty. Mm-hmm. Next one. What's the deal with Andrew and Matt's relationship? Are they besties, butt buddies, friendly exes, or something else? This has been bugging me since the Dumbledore's gay episode of MuggleCast. <laughs> I can't time. remember what happened on that episode, but the answer is friendly exes. Definitely not butt buddies. But thank you for asking. I hope that clears it up. <laughs> <laughs> the next one. I've been sleeping with a guy with a girlfriend. It's really good sex, and I don't feel guilty about it at all. Okay, so See? this is where I jump in. I could have written this one myself if you flip around the genders. Uh, I'm guilty of this, too. In fact... I've been actively sleeping with guys who have boyfriends. What? And I don't feel guilty, just like this person. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> here's, my, here's my question, though. And this, my question isn't even for you, really. But my question is, for like, the guys that you're sleeping with who have boyfriends, like, Why? Why do you have that boyfriend then? Why don't you break break it off? I you know, sometimes like I there are people, you know, who have mitigating circle like, you know, if you have like kids and like whatever, it's you're you're shitty for cheating still obviously, but at least I get why it's hard. But if mm-hmm. you're just like boyfriends, dump them. It could still be difficult because of living situation or maybe they don't want to they just also want something on the side Hmm. doesn't make it right but yeah and i I don't feel guilty because it's not my problem it's not doesn't affect me you know are you being safe being safe um yeah i guess so what do you mean no that's not an i guess (laughs) so that's a no that's a yes or no question andrew we don't have time. We need to move on. Mm-hmm. No, we don't. <laughs> uh, the answer is no, but it's not that often. Yeah, it only um, it only takes somebody coming in you once to get the clap. It, it uh, yeah, I know, <laughs> I know. They don't even have to come in you. Yeah, that's true. It's not gonna. All they have to do is just rub yeah. their thing on your thing. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, the next confession, the next confession says, I accidentally broke the handle of my boyfriend's washing machine. I placed it back on, and now he thinks that he broke it. We have the same, oh, I'm sorry, we have to open the washing machine with a knife now. Oops. Oh, see, this person See, look at what me. people feel like. They have to get off their chest in these final hours. Wow. It's amazing. Here's a short but sweet one. I love my boyfriend, but I hate his dog. Aw. I think that's pretty common. Yeah. I could never date somebody with a cat. 
I don't like really? cats at all. Mm-hmm. Huh. Okay. Uh, this next one, I fall on both the asexual and aromatic spectrums. Don't think I've ever experienced such sexual attraction. I've rarely, uh, I, I have very rarely gotten very minor crushes, but I still want to have a sexual slash romantic relationship with someone. I'm afraid I'm not capable of having the type of relationship that I want with a future partner. Hmm. While I tell everyone I'm happy being single, I long for companionship with someone. I've that's been not a confession. That's just me talking. <laughs> <laughs> my husband and I are trying to get pregnant, and I'm totally ready and excited to enter a new stage in my life. At the same time, I can't stop thinking about how much our lives are going to change, which sometimes makes me sad, too. I never knew trying to get pregnant would screw with my emotions as much as it is. Aww. I think that's probably super normal. Yeah, it's a big step. Mm-hmm. Like you say. Next one. I love this one. I agree with this one. <laughs> I'm really annoyed with Lauren and Lisa pretending they have boyfriends and shit. We all know those two have been in a relationship for almost a decade. <laughs> yeah. Why not both, though? Um, Joke's on you. When I talk about Brian, what I'm really saying is Laura, and <laughs> I just haven't been able to come out about it yet, but Laura is Brian. That's Elisa's... Yep. That's Elisa's pet name yep. for Laura, yeah. Brian. See, actually, when yeah. Elisa and Brian come to visit me and Mark, it's just going to be me and Elisa all weekend. <laughs> just spooning. Mark and the... Brian Sorry. Mark and Brian are the names of our strap-ons that we use <laughs> on each other. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure that my boyfriend is proposing this weekend, and I'm so excited. I have to stop thinking about it so that I can still let myself be surprised. Either way, I'll ugly cry. I can't wait. Oh, that's awesome. That is cute. So cute. Congratulations, preemptively. All right. 100% serious. I have a huge crush on Andrew. Once he liked a comment I made on Facebook and I died a little inside. Andrew, why why'd you make me read my own confessional? <laughs> really? <laughs> but hey, actually. well, let's ha- let's make it happen, confessionaler. <laughs> Hit me up. I I really feel like that confession could come from probably a hundred different people, yep. Laura and myself included. Mm-hmm. That's very nice. That's very sweet. Thank you. <laughs> I've been dating a man for ten months, and I love him, but I think I might be a lesbian. He's asexual, so it never was an issue, but I just feel confused and upset, and I don't know what to do. I feel like there's a need to put labels on people and on relationships, but none of those labels seem to describe who I am or my situation. Hmm. I feel like this happens somewhat regularly, where two people might be dating because sexually they don't work for each other. Like, you're into him because he doesn't want to have sex, right? And and you're into it because you're a lesbian. You might well, be anyway. She said she might be a lesbian, right. I mean, ultimately, though, listen, like, if you're happy, you just have to ask yourself if you're happy. Forget, Try and forget about yeah. the labels and just, are you happy? Like, do you enjoy the relationship? Is this what, like, where you want to be and who you want to be with? And forget the rest. It sounds like she's not happy, though. She does say she's upset. So maybe you need to end it and just try things with the girl. See how it goes. Maybe just tell him you want a break, too. I need to go out and experiment, asexual honey. Give me some time. Next one. I stole a newspaper from a dispenser machine outside a Dairy Queen when I was a kid. Someone left the machine open, so I just took one. I know it was wrong, and I'm sorry. (laughs) Wait. This person is about to be nuked by Kim Jong-un, and their (laughs) confession, the the heaviness on their soul is due to stealing a newspaper? (laughs) Listen, if that is, like, the biggest secret you have, if that's the worst thing that you have to get off your chest and... In your final moments, you've you've led a good life. You're doing just fine. 
Uh, next confession, I sucked Andrew's dick once. Hmm. <sighs> Who was this? I need to, uh, need to review the list of, uh, millennial listeners so I can figure it out. I, I don't know really if this is hope- true or not. I really I think it is. I'm sure. I'm sure it was. <laughs> it was Matt. <laughs> I really hope Honestly, that there's like, Matt wrote that. <laughs> like, if I'm just going off the Facebook list, group list, there's like at least three people on the Facebook group who it could be. That's pretty oh, bad. Wow. Are you Andrew? serious? Yeah, I'm not kidding you. Stop <laughs> fucking our listeners. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, this gives hope to, like, all of the virgins who wrote in real upset that they were still virgins. Apparently, we've got our own, like, man whore right here. <laughs> just just write us an email. We'll hook you up. Next one. Speaking of Andrew, <laughs> it annoys me that Andrew Sims got famous via MuggleNet slash the Harry Potter fandom because he didn't know the books existed till he saw the first movie. Okay, I'm just gonna be, take the take the the nice route with this. Um, you're confusing me with Eric. I was read the first Harry Potter book when I was in fourth grade. That was way before the first movie came out. Eric discovered them after the uh, after the movies came out, and I think Micah did too. So screw you. That was not the nice route, Andrew. Oh, sorry. I was trying. Didn't last long. Uh, my. My ex and I used to take turns bottoming, agreeing that the bottom was in complete control. The bottom would call their mom and have a convo as we rode that dick. What? <laughs> that sounds like a fun challenge. Why? Why would you want to your mom during that? My confusion just grew with every passing word of that sentence. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure why being the bottom you would be in complete control. Power know. bottoms, I guess. Yeah. The next one. I'll have to try that. The next sometime. one says, "I absolutely despise the phrase trigger warning." Oh, there are two peas in a pod. <laughs> it's an extension of Elisa's response mm-hmm. earlier. Next one, Laura and Elisa do not take constructive criticism well, and they seem to hate it when people disagree with them. I can't stand it when they go on the show or in the Facebook group and act like they're open to people who disagree with them when they're actually not. Boom. Take that. Well, fuck you. I'm totally open to taking feedback, okay? No, I'm kidding. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Kind of. I mean, you know, who likes to be disagreed with? But, you know, feedback taken. (laughs) Thanks. I guess I this is this seems completely legit to me. Like I definitely <laughs> don't like other people. And I completely like I, I actually I ironically can't even disagree with this. Like this is completely fair. This is completely fair criticism. The only part of it that I take issue with is when it says like we pretend to be to, like to be okay when people disagree. I hope I've never given that impression. If I've <laughs> pretended to be okay with it, uh, no now. I am not. <laughs> I actually don't agree joke. with this. I, I, I can't think of times. I've never thought to myself, oh my god, they're such fucking know-it-alls. I just know you two are very intelligent people, and I value and trust your opinions very much. So maybe that's why I see it maybe differently. Maybe this was the person that sent the confessional complaining about millennials. Because <laughs> we we, we kind of did shit likely. on them a lot. If this is you, I'm sorry. If I've ever shit on you for disagreeing with me, I'm sorry. I'm not saying <laughs> I'm not saying that like I would necessarily do things differently. I'm just saying sorry. Laura's clearing the air yeah. in these final hours. <laughs> I love this next one. Uh, next one. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I why did I get why do I have to say it? Why are these cuz I was picturing words? you cuz cuz I was picturing you reading it and I just had to give it to you. Oh my god. <laughs> Micah. Okay, this is the confession. This isn't me talking. I want to be very upfront. Micah <laughs> wasn't necessary to the show, but god damn do I want to ride him into the sunset. Fuck. 
My favorite part is just how it starts out. Micah was not necessary to the show at all. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's so mean. So oh mean. I, 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 my favorite part is I want to ride him into the sunset. <laughs> I, I have a hard time. I've known Micah a long time. I like Micah. I have a hard time imagining someone riding him into the sunset. <laughs> <laughs> maybe Just they're because... saying it like, huh? Like, like in maybe they're saying it like in the context of the nukes raining down on America, <laughs> like. They're having sex and they look out the window and they see them landing and the Titanic music is playing. <laughs> and Mike is like, oh, I'm about to wherever you are. That sounds accurate. Oh, my God. <laughs> Micah's, Micah's just, I think my problem is Micah's just such like a nice guy, like such a chill <laughs> dude that I really sort of see him as like a Ken doll. And I imagine yeah. that like, you know, when you pull down his pants, there's like just, you know, like the printed version of boxers, but like, that's it. You know? Right. And it says He's made just, in China. Like, no, exactly. Like his ass just says made in China on the left cheek. <laughs> like that's what I imagine. Just he's just so down to earth and sweet. It's hard to imagine anything else. For anyone who doesn't know, <laughs> just in case you're a new <laughs> listener, Micah was on the show as a co-host very early on. But like this person said, he wasn't necessary. So <laughs> divide by four. And uh, for those of you who don't know who Micah is, he's the one who voices that sweet intro to our show where it says live to tape. That's Micah. <laughs> All right. Uh, the last one. I just found out that I'm pregnant, and I'm very happy about it. No. We're, we're happy for you, yeah. too, Anna, but we should have ended on the Micah yeah, one. we should have. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe that last confession uh, is a follow-up to the Micah confession. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Of course. No, Micah's. Very happy for you and Micah, we Anna. We received over 60 confessionals. Thank you to everybody. Sorry we couldn't read them all. Um, Elisa didn't know that I'd posted that calling for confessionals in these final hours. And she's like, <laughs> what? Why are we suddenly getting so many confessionals in the email? It's like, well, people are scared about North Korea. We only get one, like one or two a week, I would say. And then yeah. all of a sudden we had just dozens of them at once and they were, they were really good. They were funny. Yeah. And like I said, they're fun to read in the context of the world ending. So thank you, everybody. Thank you guys. And consider your souls cleansed. You are forgiven. <laughs> yes. In the name of the Father, um, Son, and the and Holy, Holy Spirit. Trump. <laughs> and the Amen. Holy Trump. Amen. <sighs> Well, so moving into news uh, a little bit, I wanted to open up with this story that's been making uh, the rounds lately. Uh, Google fired one of its software engineers, James Damore, after he wrote and circulated a memo questioning the company's diversity measures and questioning in particular the professional capabilities of women. The memo, which was called, quote, Google's ideological echo chamber, said that women aren't prevalent in the tech industry not because of discrimination, but because of biological and emotional differences between the genders. He wrote that women are less interested in high-stress jobs like tech jobs because women are more anxious by nature. And he went on to sort of use this argument to also rationalize why there's a gender pay gap. Because women are more anxious and therefore don't seek high-paying jobs. Um, now this asshole has been fired. He says that he says now that he is going to be suing Google um, for wrongful termination. Meanwhile, Google had an all-hands-on-deck meeting about this to sort of uh, try and try and calm everybody down because most of the rest of the staff who weren't bigoted assholes really took issue with this memo um and so they've just been uh they've just been really taking it from all sides this week it's been it's been rough to see google in the news yeah i don't understand how people just from an optic situation 
can think, I'm going to circulate this memo saying these types of things, and no consequences will occur. You put in a great point here. Free speech does not equal consequence free speech. (laughs) You can't expect to say ridiculous things like this that have been proven wrong, that are just categorically wrong on so many levels, and expect to just everybody to just be like, oh, yeah, I guess you're right, man. Okay, so what project are we working on next? Yeah, and, and one of my one of my favorite arguments that I see people make in light of these types of situations is uh, I've seen a lot of people arguing that Google is trampling upon this person's right to free speech. And they're, you know, citing the First Amendment and blah, blah, blah. And I think it's time that we just rewind and go back to high school or wherever the fuck it is that you studied the amendments and talk about the fact that the First Amendment doesn't talk about protecting your freedom of speech from Google or private citizens or whoever the fuck else. It talks about protecting that from the government. So as Andrew was saying, you can't just walk into a privately held company and claim free speech as your right to say ridiculous fucking bullshit. Yeah, I I mean, imagine... reason... Go ahead. Go ahead, Andrew. One reason I think he deserved, or that Google decided he should be fired amongst the obvious reasons is that this would have been a continuing nightmare to keep this guy around um there would have been constant calls for this guy to be fired especially within the company Mm -hmm. you would think that most women in the company would be going hard after this guy to get him fired so it was just best to get rid of him waste no time doing it yeah, and, and this, this really is true. Um, free speech does not mean consequence free speech. Like Laura said, it just means that the government can't indict you, that you're not going to be jailed or otherwise retaliated against legally for saying whatever it is that you want to say. Um, but if you are an at-will employee at any company in this country, at will means they can fire you for any reason. They don't even need a reason. And that's just the way that it works. Um, and I think people are very, people seem very confused about this. You can disagree with Google's decision. And there are plenty of valid arguments to be made about why maybe he, they shouldn't have done that. I'm glad that they did. But citing the First Amendment is not one of them. It's just not valid. You sound like an idiot. You are an idiot. Um, and I think that we all agree. I mean, I knew going into this conversation, of course, that all three of us were going to agree that this guy is just categorically nuts. I mean, of course, it's, it's sexist. It's, it's crazy. It's just not true. Like Andrew was saying, all the research that's been done, uh, all the gender studies research has been done throughout the ages indicates that none of this is true. Um, but that being said, we're all on the same page there. Did he still deserve to be fired? And why? Why should he have been fired? What's the rationale? Because he was encouraging biological discrimination against his colleagues on a platform that was owned by the company that he worked for. It's not like he, and I mean, this would be, I would still think he should be fired if he published this editorial and an outside place and Google got wind of it. But the fact of the matter is this was a a memo that he wrote under Google's name that he circulated on an internal employee platform. <laughs> so yes, right. He had to be fired. There's just no fucking way. You can't sit there and promote and discrimination think- of your colleagues in the workplace and then expect to be patted on the back for it or expect to get a slap on the wrist and get told not to do that again. And I think I agree. And I think that for me, my rationale for firing him was that he created a hostile work environment Mm -hmm. for the folks that he was calling out, most notably women. And so if you don't fire the one, you are creating a hostile and work environment for the many. Um, and, and ultimately the math just doesn't check out. Like, we're not here to babysit this one guy's fucking feelings and his opinions. We're here to look out for the general welfare of the employees at large. And there are many more, more women at Google than there are, you know, bigoted asshats like him. So it just, it just 
seems obvious to me he should have been fired, but I thought it was worth mm-hmm. addressing. Yeah, would totally. would we still feel would we still feel this way though if if the shoe were on the other foot? Like what if Google what if Google were a pretty conservative company? What if they were known to like donate to you know the Republican Party and an employee spoke out in favor of LGBTQ rights and then they were fired for it? Would we still support that decision? No. Because the difference here is that in one case, the first case, this employee was speaking out in a way that was intended to create a detrimental, hostile work environment for a group of people who worked there. Um, he was, he was trying to oppress a particular group of people. In the other case, the hypothetical case, that's not what's happening at all. It's a message of support for the LGBTQ community. So that's an entirely different thing. That said, in the hypothetical scenario, the company would still have the right to terminate the person, um, as a result of what you were saying earlier, Elisa. If you, if you're working for a company, they can fire you for whatever they want, whenever they want. Um, that said, I would not support the actual firing, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, yeah. totally. Mm-hmm. I agree. And, and and it's also like, what looks good? What what looks good for the company? Well, it looks good for Google is firing this guy because he wasn't basing, basing his research in mm-hmm. reality. Does not look good for a conservative company, let's say it's Chick-fil-A, to fire somebody because they're gay. Yeah. Right. I mean, I will say Google didn't fire him immediately. <laughs> It, it took him a minute, and that yeah. and that's one of those things where I was like, "Really, Google? You you needed a little time to figure out if this person needed to be fired." Cool. It took a couple days, but I don't know if that was too bad. Maybe wasn't it over the weekend or something? Maybe Larry Page was out. Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm just trying to think if the if the tables if the tables were turned and it was something else that had been said. Um. Because particularly in the tech industry, um, women and people of color are still discriminated against at astronomical rates. And um, just the amount of bullshit that is allowed to slide in regards to those groups is just unacceptable. And this is getting a lot of attention because it's Google, so it's high profile. But I have a ton of friends who work at like smaller tech companies who experience shit like this all the time. And it never really gets addressed because in tech, so many people, like so much of it is a bunch of white dudes. So I feel like that needs to be taken into consideration when you look at the way that they're responding to stuff like this. Moving on to another story now. Do we look at our phones do we text while we're walking down the sidewalk crossing the street outside yes are you too guilty of this yes definitely yeah i am too i am too um you know there's all these also always those moments where you you get close to running into somebody because you're so focused on your phone well honolulu hawaii is looking out for us all and they've actually passed a strict pretty strict law they are now banning people from looking at their phones while crossing the street. It is the first major U.S. city to ban use of devices while walking across the street. And people caught doing it while crossing a road or highway can be fined up to $35 for their first offense. That fine rises up to $75 for a second offense in the same year and up to $99 for a third violation. Is this too far or is this smart? do it what are we gonna do stop playing pokemon go as well as we're crossing the street hell no i mean i guess my feeling is it makes sense because it is i mean i do it all the time but objectively i can admit that it's stupid it's dumb to be not paying attention when you're crossing a road even if you have like the signal to cross you know you should still not do that um, but that said, I guess my feeling is, is also that, like, how necessary is this, you know? Like, is, is this something that's worth the, the resources and the law enforcement? <laughs> like, is this, is this really, like, worth, like, police officers' times? Like, oh, see you Snapchatting yeah. over there. Here's a ticket. Yeah. I don't know. Just doesn't necessarily seem like a great, uh, 
use of our our resources to me. Yeah. I I could see them writing up a ton of tickets and making a lot of money off of this. Because a Honolulu is obviously home, home to well not home it's it's where a lot of people uh, just visit for vacation. So people aren't going to know about this law. I assume there's going to be signage at intersections and whatnot, but it it seems like overkill to me. I don't I don't especially if you have the crossing signal. If you're okay to cross, you should be able to also look down at your phone and continue texting or whatever. Yeah, I agree. Just, you know, I I feel like how much damage are you going to do, like, just in your own body? I totally get outlawing texting while driving, texting while, I don't know, on your fucking bike, in a boat, whatever. Because you, you, you're, because there, there, there's, there's real potential to, to harm the public. But, like, the worst thing that I've ever done while texting while walking is hit my head you know, and into a low lying branch of a tree. Like that's mm. that's the worst thing that happens. That's I'm not a menace to society when I'm looking down. If like you said, <laughs> right. if like you said, you have like the go ahead to cross the street. Yeah. I'll actually now- I'll actually be in Hol- yeah. uh, Honolulu over Christmas. So Ooh. I'll do some investigative reporting. Do it. Text text us while crossing the street. See what happens. If you get fined, we'll pay your your thirty five dollar <laughs> bill. I'm also just thinking, like, what if you're looking down at your phone for directions? Because what are you doing when you're walking on the street? A lot of the times, you're looking to see if you're going the right direction. Ugh, I don't like this. So, what else is going on? Trump TV. Have you guys heard about this? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. It's very scary. So the next spiraling slope down our descent into authoritarianism is Trump TV. Now, President Trump is doing something called the real news. And all of this is coming over his Facebook page. So it's not actually on your television. Um, It's a, quote, channel that he has established on his Facebook page. And we have a clip to give you a little bit, a little taste of what this is. Hey, everybody, I'm Kaylee McEnany. Thank you for joining us as we provide you the news of the week from Trump Tower here in New York. More great economic news on Friday. The July jobs report added a better than expected 209,000 jobs. Overall, since the president took office, President Trump has created more than one million jobs. The unemployment rate is at a 16-year low, and consumer confidence is at a 16-year high, Uh, all while the Dow Jones continues to break records. President Trump has clearly steered the economy back in the right direction. Clearly, things are okay. Patriotic music. Yeah, so I just want to say, it sounds like uh, Trump is finally getting what he wanted. Uh, I always thought that when he was running, he never thought he was going to win, and he was just hoping that the result of his failed campaign would be Trump TV. So he's finally getting the one thing he wanted out of the campaign, guys. Yay. It is scary Mm -hmm. to watch. It really does feel like you're watching something from the Hunger Games. Everything is fine, guys. Here's all the good news that's going on. And I think what's... There's there's two elements of this that frighten me most. Um, Number one is just the idea of there being state-sponsored television or state-sponsored media in general. Now, thankfully, this isn't really that. This isn't like he is implementing like a news channel and getting rid of all other news channels. I'm not saying it's to that level yet or anything like that, but I am saying it's frightening to me that he's taken this first step towards filtering out everything that isn't good for him and paint him in a in a in a good light you know like yeah. that it, that to me is the first step toward state sponsored news or um just propaganda more generally we see this coming from north korea and the soviet union all the time um and and we talk about how awful it is and yet we have a president who has not done it yet but it seems to be moving in that direction. And the second part of this that scares me is just how, frankly, smart it was. Because Trump's base is on the internet. 
his base is a grassroots base. And this really allows him to foment that very directly and very naturally. He's going, he, he's, he's not playing by the rules of, of journalism at all anymore. He's not even acknowledging journalists at all anymore. He's speaking directly to the people. And that kind of direct populism is frightening because now there's no filter. Now, anything that Trump says is just automatically reality, automatically true. Whereas the reason we have journalists and the reason that we have media is to say, wait a minute, let me fact check that. Or wait a minute, that doesn't sound right. And so by, by superseding that middleman, I, I'm, I'm terrified just by how smart it is because it's really effective propaganda. And also some of the stories that they're using in this, I mean, about the jobs, like, that's the same story that could have run during the Obama administration. And that's probably because of the Obama administration. What is this going to look like in a year or two from now? Right. If things start, you know, God forbid, plummeting. Uh, I'm just glad Kelly McEnany is no longer on CNN. She left for this, amongst other new gigs. So, bye, girl. Get on to some listener feedback now. Last week, I brought up that I am moving to Chicago and I was looking for housing. And one of our listeners, Patrick, wrote in. He suggested something, and I wanted to share this tip for other people who might be moving. He said, Andrew, there's a Facebook group called Chicago Gypsy Housing. It's a group of typically people in the arts who sublet out their places when they're on a contract in other cities. Most leave their places furnished since after their contracts are over, they come back. So thank you, Patrick, for sharing that. And um, I joined the group. I'm keeping an eye out there. He also said, when you are here, let's meet up and go to Boys Town. We can be each other's wingman. Okay, I have a question for everyone's input. He writes, short story of my life. So about two years ago, my six-year relationship ended, not on my own choice. I have the depression and anxiety. So it has taken me a while to finally be ready to move on. Seeing as we started dating at 19 and ended at 25, I have never dated and think I am finally ready to get out there again. Also, it has been two plus years of no sex of any sort, so that's a thing. I have a crush, but no idea how, to, how any of this how any of this works. Give me advice, please. So this poor guy is in a six year relationship. Boyfriend dumps him. Sounds like Patrick didn't want it to end. Yeah. Now he's finally digging out of that hole. Two years later. I mean, I can like speak from my own personal experience and say that. I I didn't date for a long time after one particular relationship, and it took me a while to feel like I was ready to get back into it. Um, so I tried online dating, and that's how I met my current boyfriend. And what really worked for me is that he and I talked on there for like a solid two or three weeks before we even met up for the first time. So it kind of got rid of some of the anxiety of meeting a new person because you already feel like you know a lot about them when you meet up for the first time. Um, and it just makes it easier yeah. to discuss and talk and get to know each other further. So I might try that. I am I am so with you on that. I hate when people want to meet mm-hmm. up quickly. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. We need to talk online for a while for the same reason as you're saying, to get more comfortable with them. And I hate when these profiles are like, I don't want to mess around with just chatting on here. Let's just meet up for a drink. I'm like, oh, no. Oh, God, no. You might be a murderer. (laughs) Like, how am I supposed to know that? Yeah. Yeah, I guess. But also, I'm an introvert. So Mm -hmm. I need need to get comfortable with somebody through, through my phone first. But, um... Patrick, you know, I'm gonna be in I'm gonna be in Chicago this weekend actually checking out some places. So load up Tinder. I'll load up Tinder and we'll talk on there for a month and then we'll be comfortable hanging out. <laughs> and then you can be the fourth person in the Facebook group who's blown me. We're just building it all up. <laughs> I am the worst. <laughs> yeah, you're you're something, Andrew. <sighs> All right. Well, on After Dark today, over on Patreon, we are going to be actually talking more about relationships. Elisa is about to move in with Bay, And kind of continuing on the discussion we had last week about, um, uh, what what was 
and we talk about it. So, pay for Bay. Pay for Bay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, continuing with this series here, and then we're going to talk about living with Bay. So Lisa's about to do it. It's her first time. I've done it twice. So I'm going to bequeath some advice to you, Elisa. Okay. And and Laura, have you ever done it? Uh, so yes, but not in an official capacity, if that makes sense. I can explain further in After Dark. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right. And uh, we will be getting back to Surprise Bitch and, uh, next week. And like I said, Matt will be on Yay. next week as well. Uh, also, special guest Patrick will be talking what it's like to give um, head with a uh, condom on. So look oh, forward good. to that. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Lots to look forward to next week. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Andrew. I'm Elisa. And I'm Laura. Goodbye. But like, really goodbye. It's the end of the world as we know it. It's the end of the world. Bye forever. <laughs> <laughs>